up in the red room. Before the stars can be paid, there gotta be a dope ass story on the page. Let the beast about the cage that light about the dark. Can you build the inferno from the itty bitty spark? Coffee shop hustlers rise with the cream. A million other writers, same Hollywood dream. Your pen and paper, all like bullets in the gun. Write what you feel, say what you want in the red room. We say what we say, we do what we feel. We gotta keep it real in the red room. All about the crap of screen writing. Fill my bottle up with lightning up in the red room. So look, if you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get in. What's up, y'all? Hey, hey. It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriter's Rant Room. Well, we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what, everybody? 2016. Yeah. First of all, I'd like to say. Uh-oh. What you got to say now? And uh, Trey Boogie over here is a witness to it. <laughs> <laughs> so. Here we go. Linnell. Oh, shit. <laughs> 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 That's all I got to say. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, Team cap all the way. So <laughs> a lot of y'all probably seen the the new. Um, Can I finish the tra- intro? Uh, you, you know what? I got to. I'm, I'm just. I'm heated. That's that's what a Twitter beef will do. <laughs> you know what I mean? I can't even get right, the go intro. Ahead, go ahead, People who've never heard the show. hold before. on. I'll come back for you, girl. <laughs> <laughs> y'all know how we do it on the rant room. On this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and crazy shit like that from Lisa Colt Jam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, bitch, uh, what your name is, who you is? Wait, I got my hands up, getting the clap back. First of all, Linnell. <laughs> if y'all know Linnell, she's awesome. Linnell White. Yes. Awesome writer. Um, Shout out to Nation, Linnell. Just fantastic writer. However. Well, she didn't do it. <laughs> we have this Twitter beef. It's a friendly Twitter beef. Y'all be going in though. Y'all crazy. You know, it, but it's 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 all in fun. Mm-hmm. But I did not appreciate when she said to moi on Twitter, mm-hmm. and, and I'm listening up now. You know, you said this because we can go back and get receipts on Twitter. <laughs> where she said at the nerve. Notice how my voice changed because I'm getting mm-hmm. real sensitive about it. <laughs> she about to cry. She had the nerve to say that Black Panther, mm-hmm. you know, is not loyal to anybody. Well, he's and, by himself, isn't and he? I and I said and I said to myself because I'm not loyal. And I said, look, I'm for Team Black Panther. Whoever Black Panther is rolling with, see, that's the definition of loyalty. Mm-hmm. When you're loyal to your peeps, it don't matter who he loyal to. You know, whoever his friends is, they're your friends. Whoever his enemies is, they're his enemies. Okay, misguided twister. So, Linnell, what I'm trying to say to you, sister, come join us. Mm-hmm. Come join Team Iron Man. <laughs> I know Team Cap, he's gorgeous and everything, but come on now. You cannot, you cannot. We got Black Widow. <laughs> we got some folks, all mm-hmm. right? And another person I want to get, John Boyega. Oh, yeah. I saw what you did on Twitter. <laughs> what he he said he is Team Cap. He did. He did. I saw that, yeah. I am right. so <laughs> distraught <laughs> over this mm-hmm. because I have supported you all of your life. <laughs> In your careers, I have bought your movies. I Did have you see seen that picture that he posted um, uh, in Brazil? Oh my god, that on was the fantastic! Wall? There's this cool picture, Tracy. I mm. have it on my Twitter. It's fantastic. Of, of a photo of him. It's like right at the bottom of like this big red wall. Mm-hmm. It's like 
you could tell it was like maybe in like the ghetto or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's a picture of him in his stormtrooper outfit and without looking, his helmet and on. And he's looking at the mm-hmm. helmet. And he's looking directly at the helmet. And all you can see is like his arm. It's big. The helmet. It's, 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 it's really big cool. It's hot. It's awesome. Yeah. And I, lo- and I, I, love, I love that. <clears throat> but John and now I'm just letting y'all know. Um, y'all need to, to get right. You need to get with the winning team. <laughs> Killing me. This week. Uh, I'm just what I'm saying. I, I'm respectfully saying oh, that both of you need to come that's dope. and be Team Iron Man. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And uh, for the people, Marvel, um, please don't let me go in the movie theater with Linnell and see <laughs> Black Panther get his ass whooped, and uh, he only shows up for like three seconds. Like Linnell's telling me, he only gonna be in it for three seconds or three minutes. Yeah, they're just trying uh, to intro him so uh, they can do his movie. Please give me at least fifteen minutes. Come on now. And let him have some speaking lines. <laughs> 15 minutes. And can you please have his shirt off for, for at least 30 seconds of that time? <laughs> Who's I playing saw, him, by the way? I forgot. Oh, come on. Chadwick. Oh, that's right. Okay, Chadwick Boseman, yes. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So that's just my, my early clap. I'm waiting for Luke Page to come Luke out. Cage. <laughs> Luke Cage, I'm sorry. Yes, That comes indeed. out, what, the, this fall, I want to say? Yeah. Is it August or September. I don't want to take it as the fall is coming out. That's the fall anyway. Yeah. Anywho, okay. I just want to start that early <laughs> clap back before I forget because uh, they need to come and get right. <laughs> see what I got to do with. get with the winning team. <laughs> Did you see the GIFs? This <laughs> oh, my God. I was hollering. <laughs> killing me. I just finally learned how to do it. You see, I posted that one. I finally figured it, it out. Was I was cute. like, oh, that's what that means. Yeah, it's little GIFs. Yeah. <laughs> They're just fun. They just punctuate. A lot of times is it you a GIF or a GIF? It's GIF. Oh, it's pronounced yeah. GIF. But I call I like calling it gifts because it looks mm-hmm. like a gift. I'm giving you a gift. Mm-hmm. Even if I might be showing you shade, oh, but it's GIF. But it's fun because sometimes a GIF will How just. How do you write stuff on the GIF? No, well, you can do it yourself. You just get on and download the picture and then you use your software on your computer. Uh, a lot of times I'll use. Um, what do I use? Uh, when I'm doing like um, PowerPoint presentations and stuff, I'll take a picture and you can put stuff on there. But mm-hmm. a lot of times they have stuff already. You can just find stuff that already has the words already on them. Uh, no, no, no. For what I do is I just type in stuff like this and I'll list whatever picture I want and I just go through. Like I have a good collection because I'm always looking for <laughs> classic stuff. But when she came mm-hmm. and threw in some stuff, I had to reach into <laughs> the crates. <laughs> I had to reach into the crates. Uh-huh. I had to bring out Muhammad Ali. Oh my God. Okay. So I'm just letting her know. You know what? He's my speaking, friend. Come, come, Speaking come, of Muhammad right. Ali. Get right. So I started watching this new show. Is it the prison show with Mamie yeah, Ali? Did you see that? I just saw it's the people called talking 60, about it. 60 Days In Yeah, or basically like they that. take real people and have then they put, them, they put them undercover not. in a real prison for like two, it's two a months. It's trip. And wow. one of them, I thought they were just regular people that they put in mm-hmm. to kind of see. I didn't realize that one of them, I said, that girl looks, that looks like May May Ali. And then they said, yeah, I'm She's like, Muhammad, the Ali, to Muhammad. Muhammad Ali's daughter mm-hmm. is in this series. And what they do is they use the actual prison cameras mm-hmm. to film everything, mm-hmm. to basically see what it's like to be in a real prison. And they bring in normal people. For 60 days, you have to go and nobody knows you're in. I mean, you can get your ass whooped. Your whole, your whole, your time, life. Your whole time in there is to observe, try to be by yourself, not get involved, but to figure out like where the drugs are coming from. Basically, you're going to be a snitch. Crazy. It's crazy. And, and well, is it, is it, are you they in be there purposely to be a yes, snitch? You're in there purposely, is that why they're in there? You're in there purposely to give them information that they can't figure out. But you, it needs to be. I would last observing. one day. Right. This heifer right here. <laughs> excuse me, guards. No, you're right. not supposed to get involved. Right? Because how do you do that without being 
closely involved and really interacting. All right, with I'm probably getting high and saying this is my supplier. Because even if you're <laughs> this sitting around right minding your business, mm-hmm. and I've never been to prison, but you're sitting around minding your business with your mouth shut, somebody is going to come gonna check you. you. Exactly. Gonna, you know they're going to check you. You know they're going to check you. That's just and that's and that's part of the problem is is I don't. I mean, it's I have two worst fears. One is jail, and the other one is drowning. Mm. I don't. I don't like neither one of them. I've been taking note of that. So if I ever need to torture you for something, (laughs) I'm too pretty pretty for jail. (laughs) And and despite how I look, I fight back. You you might have so I'll be getting jacked up. (laughs) I don't just be playing motherfuckers all in my face like you. You gonna have some? You gonna need some hand skills, brother. I got some hand skills. And some cats in jail. Mm -mm. You know, (laughs) I don't fight against some some shanks and shit though. But me one on one, right? We gonna be going at anyway. So <laughs> today we're going to do another Chop It Up episode, you know, where we just go in about any kind of subject and matter we want to talk about, anything going on in the news, anything, mm-hmm. you know, like that's why you started off with you and your little crazy little Linnell thing, you know. I, you know what's going to happen? I'm going to be so embarrassed. I'm going to sit there. <laughs> Linnell, we have to go see it together when it comes out. Where mm-hmm. I, Is it May? Is it coming out in May? Whenever it comes out, if I'm in town, we ha- I will come up to L.A. and we will go see it at the nice theater where we can drink the good wine mm-hmm. and the good popcorn. Uh, we may have to sit on other sides because I might get too excited <laughs> and be like, girl, she just whipped your man's ass. But, uh, oh, oh, by yeah. the way, forgive me. We also have Tracy Grant. Oh, writer, yeah, Tracy, director, hey, producer, sitting with us again yes. on this episode. Yes. Much love. I'm in the passenger seat today. <laughs> Shout out to all my folk here in L.A., family back east. Much love to everybody. You know, we're gonna, we're gonna NYC in, in the house and shit. No doubt. <laughs> well, I got I, 10 years in L.A. Uh-huh. Come on, S.A. Tell me what it is. Yeah. Love to all my people. So uh, today, let's, let's chop it up. What you got to talk about today? Well, I want to bring something to you guys because one of the things that's really difficult uh, – for certain people, uh, marginalized communities is having a platform to discuss certain things that happen in pop culture and in media. And what I wanted to bring to you, and we can bring up some other things too, but there's two things that are coming out that I think are really important because one, it's been played out on social media. And number two, it's about um, people who we normally don't get to hear from. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about uh, native folks here in the United States uh, in Indian country. And the issue I want to bring up because by the time you know this this episode airs, uh, most people have probably have already heard about it, mm-hmm. and um, probably more things will be. Well, coming. don't make it ain't going on though. Yeah, but um, I'm, what I'm talking about is uh, recently J.K. Rowling came out with her <laughs> history of magic in North America, mm-hmm. and basically on her website they were talking about how there's the wizarding schools in different parts of the world, mm-hmm. like they have some in, in Africa, different places, and there's and I got nerved like when when it was first mentioned last year. Mm-hmm. I got a little nervous because anytime people talk about magic or fantasy, um, number one, they always think that only people in Europe have it. Number two, a lot of times, though, when they do try to be inclusive and try to add other groups, a lot of times they get shit wrong. Mm -hmm. And um, they sometimes take marginalized groups, cultures that are real and very real and impose magical, fantastical things to them okay. when it's real, especially when it's dealing with religion and certain cultural mm-hmm. traits. Um, and two, they always think there's one Native America. Mm-hmm. Like, they always think there's one black America. Mm-hmm. There are more 
over yeah. 500. They just picture the engines. Federally recognized. I'm just talking about federally recognized <laughs> tribes. Mm-hmm. I'm not even talking about the ones that are unrecognized, you know, that kind of thing. And just talking about urban Indians in general, sure. those who are not tribally officiated because of bullshit blood, blood quantum. So we won't get into that. <laughs> but when it was coming out, I was nervous. Like, I hope they talk. My first thought was, it's J.K. Rowling. Hopefully, she's gonna talk to some Native folk, and if and I hopefully it's not gonna be just the blanket Native America, mm-hmm. because when you talk blanket Native America, the first thing you get is the feathers in the hair. Mm-hmm. Everybody live in a teepee. Mm-hmm. Everybody goes around going, you know, like they do that that the bullshit stuff. Stereotypes. Stereotypes. Yes, you know that 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 you know, and it's very hurtful. Especially a lot of things that are going on now with Native people fighting against the mascots that are used in a lot of professional mm-hmm. sports, Redskins in particular, mm-hmm. the Chiefs, that kind of thing. Um, so there's a lot going on. And what happens is Native Americans overall on the whole, I'm talking about the ones – I'm not even talking about First Nations up in Canada and the rest in South America. I'm just talking about United States right now. They don't get a lot of positive – Representation, not necessarily just positive, just any representation. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of things that are going on right now in Indian country um, that are very serious that people don't know about. I've mentioned them before. I've talked about the suicide rate for teenagers and young people mm-hmm. is just it's. There was one particular tribe where literally in a two week period, I think there was like over 140 young mm-hmm. people tried to kill themselves. Wow. In one tribe. In one yes, a wow. two week period. That's crazy. Okay. A lot of people don't realize also and that... And nobody's talking about and it. And no one's talking about mm-hmm. it. Indian country, they're talking about it, but mm-hmm. in terms of the, the, the public national discussion, mm-hmm. not even there. The other issues also is people don't realize that more Native Americans in the United States are killed by police more than even some people, black people, that we talk about Black Lives Matter. A lot of that stuff doesn't get out. You know, One, a lot of tribes are kind of isolated in certain pockets because a lot of them think that we're still dead. <laughs> you know, whenever we're mentioning, like, for example, one of the issues, and this was kind of pissed me off, and I'll get back on topic, but I just have to mention this. Congrats to old, the old boy who finally won the Oscar for The Revenant. I was going to ask you about that. And the, the woman who played his wife in the movie, mm-hmm. I mean, you, they, you know, they can invite who they want. Mm-hmm. It, they didn't even invite her or any Native American person from the movie to come be at the Oscars, at least. Like, come enjoy be part of this thing you know and mm-hmm. even the actress who played his wife even says she was kind of bummed that she wasn't you know invited to be part of that thing they could have done that yeah they very easily especially yeah, if you're yeah. gonna get up on stage and say indigenous people and then you got indigenous people in the movie and you didn't bring somebody like they had the reporters from spotlight when spotlight was winning mm-hmm. they made an effort to include them yes so I, I feel you yes so you know just just certain things that are really sensitive and the thing is the pushback that um Native people are giving in terms of what J.K. Rowling is doing is it's kind of people talk about cultural appropriation, but a lot of times it's the, the, it's not so much the appropriation of, or, or even including Native voices or Native mm-hmm. characters. It's how it's done, mm-hmm. and like I said, people have like this one image of what a Native American looks like, and some of the things they were putting up on the website were wrong. Even I had to like kind of laugh a little bit because there was one like they mentioned one group. The, which is my group, my, mm-hmm. my, my peeps, the Choctaw, they had spelled it wrong. <laughs> you know, there's several ways you can spell it. You can spell it the anglicized way, um, C-H-O-C-T-A-W, or you can do it the, the original language, which is Chata. You can spell it that way, too. You can look it up online. But it was like little things like that, mm-hmm. like, did you not even Google or call up a Choctaw? <laughs> but so they were mixing some things, and they were talking about skinwalkers, which is very specific to a very mm-hmm. specific 
tribe. Mm-hmm. Um, and just they're just taking some things, and it's it's really sensitive. And people were coming at Native people talking about, y'all should be happy that she's even including y'all in the books. Mm-hmm. Y'all should be happy that anybody isn't thinking. And that's where it kind of got my feathers ruffled. Because here's the issue. <laughs> that ain't hard, though, is it? It's not hard. Lisa was, was very I was upset. Born, I was upset. <laughs> Before the because, mic was on. And it's no different than people who are, are black or African-American descent in this country. Mm-hmm. Whenever there's representation that's wrong, number one, there's not that many people of color on TV and films. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, especially with Native people, when we do get on TV, it's always, they think that we're not in the contemporary world. And so one of the issues I'm having is when there's not enough representation of Native people, people are going to get it wrong, especially if you're not going to Native people to help you out and make sure you do it the right Mm -hmm. way. So I just want to say to those people who were coming at a lot of uh, Native folks on social media who were telling things like, y'all should be happy. Uh, No, fuck you. (laughs) You know, because they don't get to have that voice. We don't get to say what we want to say and have people see us the way we are because when they think we're dead or they romanticize us or they have stereotypes that we're drunk. Talk to them. Or just, you know, they say shit like, oh, we walk around. You know, there are different types of tribes, different types of Native peoples. Sure. So I just want to make sure that I want to use this kind of platform to talk about those issues for people who don't. On top of that, WGN, shout out WGN, they have a new series that they're going to be doing called Scalped, Mm -hmm. which was the comic book I was telling you guys about earlier, where when I went to my comic book store a few years ago, and I was like, I'm always looking for new stuff, and somebody said, oh, you're native, so you're going to like this, Mm -hmm. and when they brought me the book, it has the dude, his name is Dashiell, I think it's like Dashiell something horse, and of course he has the the Lakota, traditional Lakota that only the chief is supposed to be wearing. Mm-hmm. You know, they always want to put them in the big, magnificent hair, the headdress all the time. Only the chief's allowed to wear that, <laughs> and for sacred ceremonial things. Mm-hmm. Not everybody can wear that. So they <laughs> got him walking and around, wearing it all and they every day. wear it all the time, and put it on him, and then of course, it's called scalped. Mm-hmm. You know, because people got the misnomer that that's what natives do, when that was actually the British that was doing that over here. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's a lot of problemat- problematic things with the comic book. The art is well done, I have to say, because I oh. actually kind of had a crush on the lead character. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> even though, book. I know, I know, I was like, right. even though I got issues with some of the shit you're doing, because basically you're doing a remake of like Thunderheart and it's Leonard like Peltier. Rabbit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> like, but you know, I can have a problem, but he's still kind of cute. <laughs> <laughs> right? right? So I just wanted to bring that to you. Like, what do you guys think in terms, because a lot of times we talk about representation, especially with the Oscars so white, we mm-hmm. talked about you know, uh, getting representation, getting more groups and people of color on TV and film, one of the voices that don't you don't hear about are Native Native people. So I just kind of want to get your input insight, especially with the stuff coming out and the platform that J.K. Rowling has is such a huge impact. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she's being silent right now. Is she now, helping? Is she hindering? <sighs> I guess that's my thought. I think in a way... As most good people think they're doing, they want to be inclusive and they mm-hmm. think they're they're being diverse and doing that. But I, but at the same time, you know, good intentions, right? You know, still can go wrong. What do you think, Trey? She's well intended. Well, here's here's the tough thing, and you know, Lisa is our Indian sister, as we like to say. So she's kind of a portal for mm-hmm. those of us who are who are her friend. My grandmother's Indian, but I mean, you're you're just and more connected I, to it. Yeah. She was dead I got, when I was born. Yeah. Some of my on my mother's <laughs> side too. My my a lot of great grandmother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's an old saying that until the lion gets his historian, mm-hmm. the hunter is always going to be the hero. Mm-hmm. And so 
those of us and people who feel underrepresented, you know, in film, television, it's a it it's kind of insidious because we're not yet in a position where mm-hmm. we can tell our own stories on that scale. Sure. But we have to tell our own stories. Um, and it's a battle. Mm-hmm. And it took a long time before. And, you know, black people, you know, black Americans are just now starting to approach some balance mm-hmm. in the game. And that's debatable. Mm-hmm. Um, Asians, Latinos, we're headed toward. There's no balance there yet. No. So... We finally got fresh off the boat. Exactly. So for (laughs) native people are even further off. Like Lisa's saying, like they think they're all gone, Mm -hmm. but people like Lisa and folks who are like minded that way have to begin to tell those stories and and keep pushing and um, sometimes push harder. Mm -hmm. I'd also say you know, people pushing back and saying, you know, you're lucky JK is doing it like there are a lot of keyboard gangsters mm-hmm. out there. Too many keyboard gangsters. <laughs> you know, these Twitter gangsters. <laughs> Who don't have that location. Anonymous people. Right. They talk right. a lot of shit anonymously exactly. right. on the keyboard. Right. And they don't want to see you when you step to They would never <laughs> behave that way right. no. if right. they didn't have that anonymous mm-hmm. shelter. So, you know, I don't even waste time or energy with a lot of them. Mm-hmm. But... They do hit a point that's sometimes uncomfortable for us, which is that, you know, the J.K. Rowlings of the world, studio system, television networks, the people that purchase and broadcast this stuff, they don't owe us anything. No. Right. And so, you know, Native people obviously have to speak with their dollars, as we all do, but they don't owe us anything. Mm -hmm. And so J.K., may be well-intentioned in terms of her inclusion. Um, I'm not suggesting that she shouldn't be held accountable for authenticity and mm-hmm. doing it. Because all Lisa's really saying, if you're going to do it, do it right. So the misspelling of a, a tribe name may seem trivial to some people who are listening, but better to do it right and be authentic mm-hmm. um, than to do it the wrong way, and it's that's not a difficult fix, mm-hmm. just in terms of that example. But the bottom line is we have to be the storytellers and purveyors, you know, of that experience, sure. of those characterizations, until we have more of a foothold and in inclusion, you know, in the bigger industry. But they don't owe us. It's like nobody owes you wanna be a writer and you right. wanna do these like nobody owes you that. You have to really work and push to make that happen. Well, it's interesting. I keep listening, you know, to you guys talk, and I keep trying to figure out how to put this in screenwriting terms mm-hmm. for people. <clears throat> and I think it comes down to, I think you're right, Tracy, and I think you're right, Lisa. It comes down to how, when, when, when we're writing, like I'm writing on this project now, I spent three weeks just researching the project. I'm going to spend about two and a half weeks writing the script, right? Most of it is research. Just the research, figuring it out, how the puzzle works, and right. mm-hmm. the characters and the world, and all of that, because I got a world build a little right. Mm-hmm. How did she misspell some shit when that's what we do? You know what I mean? When she's writing her books, 
She's world building. Well, she has to create that well, world. Think, She's researching other things to figure out how to write her world. I think I've heard somebody say, well, maybe, you know, there might be some other people who were working on the website doing the stuff and could be. kind of passed off and, you know, it just yeah, got it just some assistant slipped, who just, slipped through. Whatever, and, sure. Yeah. So hopefully they changed it by now. But, you know, it's, it's and I think what I want to address to people, especially those of you who are screenwriters and TV writers who are writing things and you're writing um, about the other that you may not know about or you're not really familiar with is you really have to and I'm not saying that you cannot write because but you can write whatever you want. Mm. You have to, I mean, as an artist, I know there's some people who don't like. I know some people in the country I've been seeing who's like, no, you don't have to write an artist to be right. Mm-hmm. We're going to tell, you know what? You can write what you write. Just expect pushback. Just expect people to have opinions. But at the same time, what I want to say is the reason why you're getting all this outcry is because we, we don't, we don't have that much representation. Mm-hmm. And when we do get it, it's the same old, same old. Just like black folk. Well, you were starting to talk about, um, re- I can never say resonant. Res- how you say it? The Revenant. The Revenant. The Revenant. I always want to call it resonant. <laughs> you were starting to talk about Revenant. So what was your your interpretation of that representation? Well, it was funny because Native even Americans? in Indian country and people were talking about it, like some people were like, we need to support the Revenant mm-hmm. because it's got Native people in it. And mm-hmm. I remember I was going on website going, no. <laughs> you can, like, I, just because, like, a, a movie that has black people in it. You should support it because it's got mm-hmm. black people in it. Mm-hmm. I didn't go see the help. Mm-hmm. That wasn't a movie for me. I need to go see it. Some people, some other people might have needed that movie. I didn't need it. Mm-hmm. You know, God bless Viola Davis being brilliant and all of that. But it's, it wasn't for me. So there are some people who were like, and, and I get it because it's just like with black people. It's like, you know, we got to have positive, And when we get up there, we need to support it because if we start coming off like, oh, you did this wrong, they won't make more movies with us in it. I totally understand well, it's that. True. I totally understand that. Hollywood has proven I they totally buy that. what sells. But still, if it sells, they buy more. Yes. Well, the audience, there's a part of the audience that is starved and was starved for those positive images. Sure. So they may overreact to just seeing native people on the screen. It wasn't a big part of the revenant. No. Mm -hmm. His wife, you know, which is why I was thinking why she wasn't invited. She had such a small part in the movie. Well, it would have been a nice gesture. If anything, the son should have been there. I don't know if he was there. Yeah, it would have been a nice gesture. And to Lisa's point, it wouldn't have been tough to have them. They could do whatever they want. Yeah. Because it it was clear that there was a very good chance that the film was going to was going to win some awards. So and you're already under fire for being so white anyway. I would have been like, at least my click. <laughs> but but if rock the crew, if 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 we're gonna keep it real, we know that there is another segment of the population, including some Academy voters, who believe that we think we, meaning people of color, mm-hmm. we somehow think that you know we're entitled to this representation, and that if we have it. It's taking work away from, you know, hardworking white directors, writers, actors, et cetera, who have worked hard. And so, so unfortunately, the conversation gets perverted pretty right. easily. Right. Easily. Mm-hmm. We're just Definitely. talking about um, some balanced representation and really just an opportunity to do to do good work and if the work isn't good there's no expectation of that work being right. rewarded right so the conversation gets perverted um because some of those folks think that you know we somehow feel entitled and that's that's not well, it at all well i had a you know we're here on the lot you know 
in in West Hollywood at one of the studios right now in my office. I've talked to at least three producers on this lot who vote who have not seen Straight Outta Compton. And They're fuck, voting members. Fuck them too. What are their names? Who've not, I'm not what's their they door? I'm not what's the door? I will go to but, right now. Shame on you. And I said, and I said, we're sitting here in my office. I said, with each and every one of them at different points since the Oscars and leading up to the Oscars. And they, each and every one, every one of them were like, well, it wasn't for me. And I said, that's part of the problem. Exactly. That's part of the problem. However, I don't know if they would connect to the movie the way we would. Just meaning we grew up in an era where that type of hip hop moved us. Look. Those songs. Look. Those songs moved us. If you don't really know those songs, I don't know if you're going to feel I the movie the way we I went and saw the Johnny Cash movie three times. But we know those songs. Well, we me, might not, you might not know all of them, but you know I Walk the Line, you know that. all I that stuff. I grew up on that. The you Johnny Cash I mean? show. That's what I'm saying. But we know the music. Here's, here's what I think you're hitting on, though. Because, again, and that's kind of what I was saying before. Like, they have a choice. Can't, we can't make them, if they don't want to watch the movie or watch the free screener or attend the screening they're invited to for free. And, like, that's their send prerogative. It to, send it to my house then. <laughs> <laughs> they are free to watch and not watch what they choose to. Yeah. Um, many of those people will probably be surprised by the quality of sure. the filmmaking, whether sure. they connect to the music or not. Mm-hmm. You know, whether they, however they feel about, you know, fuck the police and mm-hmm. all of that. The quality of the filmmaking took a lot of people by surprise. Absolutely. And so... And the acting. And the, and the acting, the Correct. accolades and awards that the film did get, mm-hmm. even though people, a lot of people don't feel like it was Oscar worthy, you know, they'll never know that it had the quality, the level of quality that it did mm-hmm. because they didn't give it a chance. And so we can't take that choice away from them, but that kind of speaks to what the, what the battle, what the conversation should be about. Like everybody, when Django Unchained came out mm-hmm. and there was all this uproar, which wasn't new about Quentin Tarantino's, um, use of the N word. And a lot of people feeling like it was excessive, other people, well, like, well, see the movie before you pass judgment. I think Jamie Foxx had a lot to mm-hmm. say about that. Mm-hmm. Well, at least go see the movie, Spike. Before and then, you... and then talk shit. <laughs> right. So if they're not even willing to watch the film, then it's not going to be a fruit. It's not a real conversation in terms. I of do agree with that. Reaching I, I don't better think you understanding can judge without seeing things. I do believe that. But that's their choice. I do believe that. So do you think? That they should have a rule saying that you need the 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 the, the nominate whatever the movies are nominated or whatever that you should see all the movies that are nominated well, before it's difficult. you can vote. Well, check this out. Now, I know some people I, have suggested that you I'm and like, I and I'm assuming Tracy we have both watched movies for film festivals, mm-hmm. right? There have been some movies that we turned on and gave a minute or two and turned off. Now. That's on a whole different level than when you're a voting member of the Academy, right? You are being courted by every studio for you to watch certain movies. They give you gifts. They give you, I mean, there's all kinds of things you're getting. And what happens is you get so many of them that some of them start going to the wayside. You just want to watch Spotlight. You just want to watch whatever the ones everybody's talking about. However, and this was my conversation to one of them because I'm close to one of them. And I said... 
in the, but the movie was talked about like crazy. You'd think you'd want to see the one that was hyped, at least. Like you were hyped to see Spotlight. Right. Wouldn't you be hyped to see Straight Outta Compton? You know what I mean? He's like, yeah, but, you know, I don't really like rapping. I don't whatever. And I was like, but because you didn't see it, you caused one more non-vote. You know what I mean? And whereas had you seen it, even if you don't like the music, you would have seen the performances or something might have moved you mm-hmm. for you to go, yes. Or at least say, I'm going to go see some other movies yeah. that I normally wouldn't go see. Yeah. All I'm saying is they get a bunch of them. And then it gets weeded down to a certain amount that get to the level. Well, we know that the, the real cause really is not at the Oscars. I mean, no. that's the end result. You know, it's kind of like blatant. But you know, it goes through some of the stuff that Glenn was talking about, Glenn Mazzara, stuff that Paul Glio has talked about, other people that we've had on the show that have talked about, you know, it starts when you're writing, when you're casting, when you're doing everything else. And, and also, I hate to say it, it is politicized in terms of, we're talk, just, just talking about Oscars, mm-hmm. your budget. How much money do you have to saying. put ads? It is a campaign. It is if a you're cam- not campaign. you don't have it. No question. If you're not campaigning, like we were talking, let me interrupt you. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Beast of No Nation. Fucking Idris, you know, thank God he won, you know, for the for the Golden Globe or whatever. Right. Or the SAG Awards, one of them. Right, I right. can't remember, forgive me. But the kid. Yeah. But if you think about it, until the the the, the actual award show, you never even hardly saw the kid out anywhere. That's right. He should have been everywhere. He I mean I think the only one everywhere. I think he won the only thing he got was one that's the Spirit Awards. Okay. Film that's Independent. Good. Yes. Yeah. Good. yeah. You know, but you know my point? It, yeah, it is a totally. campaign. If you don't have it in your budget, which is where you're going, mm-hmm. you are not on that campaign trail. And it takes three, but, but, it's a three month yes, trail. Yes. That means you're not working for three months, mm-hmm. you know, which was part of the issue, just to backtrack on what Monique had with um, Precious, mm-hmm. which is why she wasn't out promoting because she's going to be out of work for three months. She's like, y'all ain't paying me oh. for three months. Right. Those, and you want me to go out there those, and be promoting. You know what I mean? So I understood her. Right. But it's a balancing act. It is. And again, we could look, we could chop it all day about who votes and doesn't vote on certain films. That's again, like that is their prerogative. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's you, things we wouldn't have done. Well, if we you, had but it. you and, shit, and I, you and I may choose to be more informed to your point. It's yeah. like, well, I'm, I'll see the movie and see what everybody's talking about, then make my I'm judgment. I'm saying, especially if it was a hype movie. But, but, That's all but, I'm saying. Well, but if. And that's why we say, you know, sometimes the work has to be its own reward. They did everything they could, I believe, Mm -hmm. to make the best film that they could. Now, maybe Universal could have done more to to promote it. I think there was pretty strong strong. promotion Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, as we approached award season. But that's kind of the extent of what's kind of within their control. Like, if a voter isn't going to see the movie or screen the movie, Mm -hmm. then the quality of the film probably doesn't matter. Well, you just touched into something that just occurred to me. Sometimes your movie doesn't make it to the Oscars or Golden Globes or any of those, right? But it kills at the box office. Mm -hmm. So you actually win in some way. Yes. Right? You might not get that award. Right. 
But you won at the at the you won at the box office where they didn't think you were going to win. I think Remember, Will Ice Packer Cube, right. and Ice Cube and Dr. Dre are pretty happy despite totally. not they having got gotten an Oscar. Well, they, they got money anyway. You know what so, I mean? They got yeah. their money. But they also have some critical acclaim right. with yes. that commercial success, even though it's right. not an award. Right. And I'm not suggesting it's all about mm-hmm. those awards, but I'm – to your point, the I'm quite sure. Though, so at least that helps. They're them. not mad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I promise no. you, they're not mad. No. Well, let me ask you guys this. <laughs> sure. you, I know okay. we jumped off the whole. No, no, it's okay. About no, because we're just just, thing, just to chop it up. Yeah. So we chopping it up. Uh, did you guys both watch the Oscars? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I only caught a couple scenes after. I did I was watching other stuff because I was boycotting out of the spirit it's of. Fine. Other, no, no, that's fine. But I did go back because you know. <laughs> You can. I, can, I was pretty much watching it on Twitter, though. People were letting you know, yeah, and this yeah. happened, and then I caught like the last ten minutes of it. But one thing that I did not catch until later mm-hmm. that someone said, "Did you see what Chris Rock did with the Asian kids on stage?" So I missed it in real time. I'm trying to remember what did he do? He had kids. them come out being like, "What are they representing?" Like the 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 accountants. The accountants. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah and yeah. so there was flack towards that because. As you're trying to talk about having more representation in Oscars, so why, why would someone a person of color use other people of color to make a joke at the expense of them being Asian? The stereotype of Asians being smart with money and math and all mm-hmm. that stuff too. Why did you do that? What are your opinions on that? Because I was I was kind of I was bummed. I don't remember it bothering me only because here's the deal. This is a problem I have with America today. I think we're too soft. I think we're way too... And this is me mm. as a black gay man. Like, I'm one of those dudes when rappers use the F-bomb, it doesn't bother me as much. Because to me, they're just saying this dude. Right. You know what I mean? Because that's where I grew up. Even though mm. I'm considered the F. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. So for me, I'm not as soft. I feel like we're too soft about to. I think when it comes to comedy, if we weeded out so many of the jokes and things that comedians do... It would be so corny today. Yeah. We wouldn't allow them. You know what I mean? Think about um, um, Eddie Murphy when he did Raw and he did the he played the 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 gay dude. Right, of course. I mean that shit was one of the funniest things in there. Mm-hmm. But if we were all Mr. PC and non PC, yeah. he wouldn't he, be able to put that he'd in. Catch there. a lot of flack today. You know what I mean? I'm sure. And and and, and it's like just how we like we raise our kids and all these helicopter you know kids, which I'm sure you see every day. You know. Because how we're how soft we're going. Kids are riding bikes with helmets on. It's like so corny to me. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So for me, when I think about that moment you're talking about, Lisa, I think it's because of where we are now. We comedians should be able to make jokes about people. In my opinion, I I agree. But you got to punch my up, opinion. though. Well, here's the thing. Because <clears throat> my my second thought was after when I when I went back and saw it on YouTube, and I was like, huh, why would you do that? My second thought was. What parent would let their child be the butt of that kind of joke where the joke – because they're already getting flagged the joke of being the model minority and always being seen that way. And there's See, been – I don't remember what the whole context was. That's, that's the problem. Well, me. you know when they bring out the accountants who tabulate the uh, nominations for the mm-hmm. award winners – it's the accounting firm of such and such and so and so. And so he had these two Asian kids in tuxedos mm-hmm. – Three the joke, three, three of them, mm-hmm. kind of being that mm-hmm. their their expertise with mathematics is kind of will put them in the position to do that as mm-hmm. kids. Okay. So it's kind of playing off the off the stereotype. Now, full disclosure, I'm a big Chris Rock fan, mm-hmm. um, and Reginald Hudlin was one of the producers mm-hmm. of the show, fan of his too. 
So this is a Chris Rock fan speaking. For me, it was not his finest hour. No. Um, not because of the choice to tackle the subject head on. I think the monologue had a lot of great stuff. I've seen a lot of other comedians host the Oscars who were better, far <laughs> worse. <laughs> well, I think, you know, bad, yeah. you know, Billy Crystal, Ellen DeGeneres, mm-hmm. Whoopi, Whoopi, Steve Martin. Mm-hmm. He, he's not there, but there are a lot of other comedians and actors who didn't even come close sure, sure. to the quality of job he did. I would rather he had maybe made mention of it in the beginning, you know, one moving. or two jokes. I agree. Kept it moving, kept it, it moving and made more the celebration. The was right, about this right. thing. He, so he that did was it, too heavy-handed. That was my problem, too. And I said this to, to, to my husband. I said, oh, my God, we're going to have this the entire show. He I know. Just, and I said, watch. Oh, my God, yeah. And sure, because the monologue went on and on and on right. and on and on. I was like, okay, you're saying the same yeah. joke. Right. Right. And then... He would come back with another joke, and I was like, it's the same note, though. Yeah. You know? And it didn't make it interesting. And a lot of people had an issue, like, because at the end of the show, it was Brooklyn, you know, Black Lives Matter. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of black folks felt like he was making a mockery of the whole thing, which I'm sure was not his intention. Yeah. But in terms of Asians and Asian Americans who were offended by that joke, to your earlier point, that's it. That is a part of the environment where we are today. Yes, mm-hmm. so social media. You can put out there whatever's on your mind. It's like, and they're within their rights. It's a little, well, that wasn't funny to me. Mm-hmm. You know, particularly given this Oscar so white conversation, and I don't know if that makes him a hypocrite. You know what you're getting with Chris Rock, right? But you know, they're within their right. Is I didn't find that funny, and I'm gonna hold you accountable mm-hmm. to that. Right, that right. kind of right. comes with the job. So it, that's why I was saying I, I couldn't remember what the context was, only because I wasn't sure if he was making a point. Was he making a point by showing you, look, here's what you expect? I think he was you just trying to be mean? funny. I think he was trying okay, to be funny. That's fine. Yeah. And maybe he was sort of ironically making it. Yeah. I'm not, I'm I, not yes, sure. That's what I'm, I didn't know if it was ironic to have that. Could be. I and, don't. But that's where I go back to comedy should be able to be ironic. If that makes sense mm-hmm. to yeah. some extent. Yeah. I agree. There are some things that people do that offend you. You know, like Scott and I watch a lot of comedians all the time and they always go into the fag jokes. So, you right. know, oh, you know, I was doing this and all of a sudden I reached this guy reached over and I was like, oh, shit. Oh, this is coming. You know what I mean? And you know, they're going to be dogging right. the fact that, that some but, dude but, is gay. But, it gets, but doesn't you that get annoying I mean? to you after that, a while? That part of it gets annoying to me. What I don't mind, and I hate to just admit that I'm just going to be up front is when somebody is telling a story. <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> somebody is telling a story. Like Arnaz J, uh-huh. for instance, who I wrote the show for, did a joke where he went on and on, and then he turned it around. He was talking about you know gay people and how they're blah, 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 blah. Mm. But then he turned it around about prison. It was like, but if any one of y'all was in here in prison, y'all be the first one to bend over. And he started making fun of himself. Mm-hmm. So he turned it around in yeah, the joke. Right, right. And then I was like, oh, he's taking it a step forward. Mm-hmm. At first he was dogging us, mm-hmm. but then he started putting himself in a position mm-hmm. where he would have to be equal to me, so to speak. Right. It kind of reminds me of, um, you can see it on YouTube. It's one of my favorite um, Louis C.K. jokes where he talks about uh, 
black people and white people going back in time. Mm-hmm. And he says that uh, time machine, that kind of stuff is only for white people. <laughs> and it's yeah, funny and it's true. hilarious because when he, when he starts telling the joke, he's like, oh God, it's awesome to be white. It's mm-hmm. like amazing. Like you can go at any time period. If you're a black <laughs> person, you can't even go blah, blah, blah. But then he turns it around because you're like, oh, here we go. But then he turns it around and as you're listening to the joke, mm-hmm. he's actually making fun of white heterosexual men mm. because of course they can go anywhere they want because they've kind of created the, mm-hmm. the the systematic ways of other marginalized people not being able to go back in time. Sure, sure. And those are the kind of jokes where it's kind of like, you're kind of like, oh, here we go. Like, oh, you mm-hmm. know, mention black people and going on. Oh, here comes the slave jokes and stuff. But then he kind of spins it and mm-hmm. takes it to a different direction. That's kind of like punching up. So I don't know. It was just, I was just really curious to know what you guys are paying because it was kind of like, oh, he's doing this. And it was kind of a little bit too much. And then when I went back and started looking at the clips, mm-hmm. I kept thinking, I would ask people like, did he do this the whole night? The whole like, night. Who... And I kept thinking, like, Reggie and none of them said, look, look, do y'all need somebody to come in and just sit and listen to the routine and tell you, look, <laughs> bruh, I understand that you probably put in a precarious position. Mm-hmm. All mm-hmm. eyes are on you. Mm-hmm. This is what we're going to do. You're going to do a couple of jokes at the beginning about it. Knock it out. Let them have that nervous white people laughter. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, they're not going to go. And then keep it moving. Keep it moving. Well, that's probably what we would have done. Um, the whole thing got mixed reviews. It had to skit switch. Whoopi and Leslie Jones and and Stacy Dash, uh, Stacy Dash, <laughs> Tracy Morgan, all quite clownish. I didn't see all that. No. Um, and I'm not saying a lot of it wasn't funny, but it was kind of a mixed. So you know, you understand the choice that they made, and uh, you know whether or not it succeeded. Right. Totally different. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean that. I mean those are some of the things, and and, and all ties into representation and. You know, some of the new shows that are coming out, like, for example, I, as I mentioned last time, um, I'm really hooked on the WGN show Outsiders. Mm-hmm. And I was starting to go online, like, I'm really curious to know, because there, it's a made, if you don't know anything about the Outsiders, it's about this uh, made up town, um, I believe it's in Kentucky, and it's like this Appalachian people. Yeah, they're like in the mountains. White, yeah, white folks up in the mountains for 200 <laughs> years, and basically, like, um, a coal company wants to come in and get them white folks out the mountains so they can blow it up and create jobs for the town and the townspeople want the jobs because mm-hmm. everybody broke and pretty much on welfare and they want these jobs. So mm-hmm. you got, the course, the clash of civilizations, you know, and who really is the outsider. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting to me because I kept wondering, it's like, when we talk about jokes, when we talk about stereotypes, when we talk about people in the Appalachian Mountains, when we talk about white folks like that, people always talk about the hillbilly jokes and mm-hmm. the redneck jokes. And... It's kind of like, once again, Louis C.K. said, there's no words that you can say to a white person that could really hurt their feelings. Oh, you're a cracker. <laughs> oh, he called me a cracker. That's just going to bum my whole day mm-hmm. out. You know, just no words, really, mm-hmm. that you can use. But I was really curious to know what people who are from those Apple, who come from those type of folk, you know, the folk, you know, how they feel. Because a lot of times I kept saying, and, you know, I went, like, I was looking through YouTube and looking. At, I mean, people were making, like, Music videos of this show because one of the characters is a, a white uh, Appalachian. He's in love with this black girl who lives mm. in town. It's like that's the best part of the show, in my opinion. <laughs> Hashtag Sassel. But um, it's but that's what they call it. It's Hassel and Sally Ann, and together you get Sassel. <laughs> like Rishon. Yeah, so okay. like Rishon. And, you know, and it's great, but I'm really so, you know, I was looking through, and there were some white folks who were kind of like not happy about it. They're like, you're stereotyping us. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting to see that viewpoint because when you don't get to see a particular group of people and when you finally get it, mm-hmm. 
it's always going to be hit or miss. It's not always going to be like the perfect representation. Well, think about it. I mean, I mean, I haven't been to the South in years, but I have a view of the South. Mm-hmm. I immediately think it's you know I shouldn't be driving down the road by myself. Uh, sundown towns, <laughs> and I'm sure <laughs> there's plenty of black folks everywhere, mm-hmm. you know, who survive every day and do what they need to do. But I still have this view. That you driving down some dirt country road, you're going to end up in the wrong spot at the wrong time. Yes. (laughs) You know what I mean? And that's just from seeing movies like that. Mm -hmm. You know, it teaches you what it teaches you. And it reminds me of, um, we were talking about Tracy Bird earlier. She was telling us on her episode, go back and look at that episode, that she was at AFI casting um, some movie or something Mm -hmm. there for some, some filmmaker and her parents were getting, um, what were they having their, their 50th anniversary or something, wedding mm-hmm. anniversary several mm-hmm. years ago? And he kept hearing her on the phone going out to talk to them about getting the arrangements together, whatever. And he turned to her and he was like, and she, she was going to direct the movie. Mm-hmm. And he didn't think, he didn't understand how black people had, he's like, you have your father and your mom? And she was like, yeah, I think he was Scottish or something. Yeah. He was from somewhere. The over there. fact that they had a stable marriage. He right. didn't believe, he didn't, from all his years of watching TV, he thought all black people didn't have a mom and dad. He thought they were like welfare kids and that, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the girls have multiple women, multiple well, that's husbands. What, and, I mean, our you know, biggest et cetera, et cetera. export are films, and most people outside the United States, their only contact with black Americans is what they see in movies. It's what they see in movies. And 90% of the time, they get it wrong. That's so right. you get those kind of perceptions. We're all thugs. Yeah. We're all drug dealers. We're all welfare. You know, what? You got two stable, middle-class black people, mm-hmm. ra- and together, forever, raising kids <laughs> forever? successfully <laughs> and going to college yeah. kids. You know, yeah. So we commit all the crime. Yeah. So no, you're not getting in my cab. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And you're not living in my neighborhood. Exactly. Right. Right. Um, I mean, it's like I said, it's all back to representation. When you don't, when you're a marginalized group and you don't have complete representation, there's always going to be problematic issues in how you're presented. White people, white characters don't have that because we see a plethora. Like, for example, uh-huh. this, this is how you can tell if you're a marginalized person. Uh-huh. Uh, audience, this is your test. <laughs> I, I, and y'all know this, because I know you motherfuckers know I know y'all do it <laughs> still. Watch the news. And if there's some kind of crime or some kind of big tragic event involving something, if you ever get a feeling in your stomach and you have this thought, oh, Lord, <laughs> I hope it ain't, the person ain't, whatever your representation is. I, I really don't think most white people oh, yeah. I've done that. ever. No. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, I hope it's not a white person. Why would, mm-hmm. Like, every time the news comes on, like, oh, there was some kind of crime and they shot up the... Oh, Lord, please don't let it be no... Bl- I mean, you don't want it to be anybody. <laughs> yeah. But if you are a marginalized person, your first thought is, oh, Lord, please don't let it be. Because you know the moment it happens, that's all white people are going to talk about. And the moment your little colored face shows up, it's subconscious. That's it's like mm-hmm. you are one of them. If you have never had that feeling before, you might be a white person. What I'm hearing here. <laughs> you might be. Uh, what you I'm just hear- might be. What I'm hearing here, translating this to screen line, screenwriting, though, mm-hmm. is flip your characters around a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. Like, don't go for the stereotype, mm-hmm. which is what you should be doing anyway. That's right. They right. should be different. Right. Just because, and, and that's something I try to do in my scripts now, is say there's a black, say I do want it to be an urban movie where there's, 
homeboys and whatever. I try to make my homeboy appear to be a homeboy, but in another place at home or whatever, right. he's actually a scientist. You know what I mean? Whatever. Right. Like there's something else right. he's doing right. on the side yeah. so that shows a different side of him. It's not the, just the being, black character yeah. doesn't have to be totally consumed with his or her black experience. Right. Like right. the native character doesn't have to be totally it's consumed exactly. with their issue. That's that's a dimensional character which is what every character in your in your Correct. story should be. Correct. Yeah, when I go home I don't think, oh my God, I'm a black Indian. When I'm no, I'm going home <laughs> like, what am I gonna eat? What's on TV? What's <laughs> it's not until you get around other people that mm. those things become significant based on how people react to you yeah, yeah, and how yeah. you react to it. Because mm-hmm. it reminds me of like I'm seeing people being like surprised. Like there's a new movie that's gonna be coming out that's gonna be dealing with uh black female um scientists, mathematicians or something like that, and it's got like Taraji P. Henson um, oh, yeah, Octavia yeah. Spencer and I've I just read it. that uh, right. Janelle Monet is being part of it too oh, yeah. and people are like oh really is that real life I'm like go look at NASA <laughs> see how many black women mm-hmm. okay not just black men mm-hmm. how many black women have been vital for mm-hmm. NASA to even the sister who just passed away I think it was uh, last year who was one of the ones who did the the, the Mars thing the, uh, yeah, the probe one of, one of the engineers this is, she was one of them that, that helped create that she was in charge of that thing mm-hmm. and unfortunately she was only in her like mid 50s I want to say okay. she was still young yeah. you know and had been working on that for years so you know people are always shocked like there are black women scientists yeah, who are doing stuff with outer well, space well look at Linnell White I mean she's a freaking pilot you know I'm, for the military drinking Coca Cola yeah. floating you know, up there like let me go ahead and do something go ahead Linnell <laughs> That's that's why the stories have to be told. And if you want to, Linnell, if you ever fly again, you can always ask Chadwick Boseman <laughs> if he would like to ride in his Black Panther costume, uh-huh. and I'll come ride with you. <laughs> and when you fly one of them big old planes again. Speaking of that, what are Black Panther's powers? Is he just kind of like because he's not like Luke Cage, where his skin can't he's break. he doesn't have any superpowers. He's just a badass martial artist. He's a dude good athlete. Who puts on an outfit, pretty much. He's fine. That's all you need. Pretty much. He's fine. So he's Batman. And he looks right? gorgeous. Basically. He's the black Batman is what you're saying. He's okay. The- <laughs> okay. Okay. And he's like a king of mm-hmm. a country. Yeah. Wakanda. Wakanda. That's right. Shout out to all the citizens of Wakanda. Shut up. <laughs> well, I mean. Looking you know, for all that. Well, when, his, when the Black Panther film, God willing, gets here, then yes. y'all get that. And you know I'm gonna try out for that. that I don't, I'm for. trying out for that. I don't. I don't care what it is. All I like, as I always say, just have me be in the scene, standing in the background. <laughs> have you reached out? To That's my king right there. And you know, I, I do what I gotta do. I, you know, hey, Ryan. This is a total, <laughs> total sidebar though, because it's it's tough with the Marvel purists. Yeah. And I'm actually one of them. We were talking mm-hmm. about. Iron Fist being Asian mm-hmm. and how that's kind of Asian. in the comic book. Speak carefully. Well, <laughs> in the comic book, um, mm-hmm. Daniel uh, Daniel Rand is very much a white guy, yeah. but you know, like um, Dances with Wolves mm-hmm. was the Tom Cruise Shanghai film. Titles oh. oh, you mean the Last Samurai? The Last Samurai oh, yeah. is this Anglo who's sort of immersed in that culture mm-hmm. and so you know they're not asian but in a way they're effectively representing that culture that's kind of what they're they're going for so i wasn't too too upset mm-hmm. in terms of uh, the actor actually being right. asian right. but you know 
Marvel purists, you, you in the comic books, you reading them before before the movies I mean, started getting. I big. still it's have they, the philosophy, they, and they, we've said this many times on the show. I I agree with 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 Jeff Thorne. We don't need to make. It's just my opinion. We don't need to make everybody be certain races to right. fit. Right. Let's just make because you can knock off ten other shows that have ten other comic books that have badass Asian actors in them. You know, uh, Asian characters and black characters or whatever. Right. That we should be doing instead of putting them. One in of my roles. one of my favorite. I would love that somebody could do this. Shit, I should probably do it myself. What's that accent? Right I would love. <laughs> I would love to see Saga. As a TV it. series, mm-hmm. I would love to see that. You need to write that. Quiet is like, kept. I, I know Mike's is on, oh, but <laughs> for real, I love. I would love to see that. You know, in terms of like just content that's out there. Mm-hmm. That's you know, it's drawn. The artist, that. she's badass, girl. You need to do that. When you when you make a character where the cartoon character look fine, <laughs> and, I be, and I be buying the magazine like he kind of cute. Let me go through. <laughs> you should you should do that. <laughs> I would that's love that. to see that. So you know, I mean. This whole thing we've been talking about is representation, and it's important that people realize that marginalized people, we just want to see ourselves fully. That doesn't mean we want to see ourselves being perfect goody two-shoes. No. Just fully human. Like, I want to see some bad guys. They can and, still be flawed. Yeah, I love you know, that stuff. People but, don't understand that. They think they can't be flawed if they write certain characters like that. Because it'd be offensive. It'll and, be offensive, yeah. whatever, and that's it's, – it's a fine line, but I think if people are layered where, let's just say – and it talks about something you were talking about. Um, on the Glimmer's Air episode, your hero parallels your bad guy. Yeah, your bad guy is a hero in you his own I mean? world. They're the same person yeah, to some extent. It's just on the flip side of the coin. You flip them. Mm. You know what I mean? That way they have different moments and stuff that, that really allow them to to be likable, if that's the word you want to use. You mm-hmm. know, whatever. It is. What you about For to sure. Well, I just think along with us calling for and pointing out the need for that representation, that has to be balanced with us creating the representations that we want to see. Mm-hmm. So you write the world you want to see. So it's not just, you know, please put us on, please make us look better in your film and your TV mm-hmm. show. That really needs to be balanced with our own. We had to push it through our own action. Mm-hmm. And even on the feature side, like mm-hmm. sometimes like my man uses the phrase, shout out to, to David Bird. Mm-hmm. Like you got to be your own bank. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. particularly in a feature world these days, screenwriter, if you're not willing to be your own bank on mm-hmm. some level at some point, mm-hmm. you may not get as far as you would like. Mm-hmm. If you can't find that money, and this is a struggle of the typical producer, mm-hmm. if you can't find that money or have that celebrity who's tied to the project or deal or something that you're bringing to the party, you got to be your own bank. Yeah. And when you are your own bank, you have the choice, you have the freedom to, to handle those representations properly. And you have to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. So if it's, a, if it's a YouTube clip, if it's a web series, if it's, there's nothing wrong with that. Starting from where you are and continuing to push so you're not just like the opposition. You know, I was talking about the, the keyboard gangsters before mm-hmm. who are just kind of talking shit mm-hmm. anonymously. <laughs> um, I just I think it's just... The bitchiest shit to oh, me. It's so cool. <laughs> you're not just running your mouth about the issue. Mm-hmm. You're really putting some action behind your words. Mm-hmm. And everyone has to respect that, even a person who's staunchly opposed because they don't understand and think we're asking for something that we're just automatically entitled to. They don't understand those experiences we we're talking about in terms of the stereotype. We respect that. That's what's going to move the ball forward. 
Like us live, complaining and just talking. And we live. That's not we're living in a time where it is so difficult to get a movie done. Yes. So difficult to get a movie done. Because now, like my friends here on the lot who are big producers, still have to come with elements. <laughs> elements. You can't just come with a script no more. You can't no. just come with a pitch. No. You got to come with, I got. Chris Hemsworth is signed on to do this. Are, you know are, we, gonna, are we gonna make this happen? <laughs> you got to come with letters of intent. You got to come with yeah. a package. You know, and some of them are like, you got half the money. We'll put up the rest of the money. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Fuck your script. Yeah. <laughs> do you have the elements, bitch? Yeah. <laughs> you know Absolutely. what I'm saying? But my script is great. And where's your money at? Do you got five million to my five million? Right. That's what they want to know. Yeah. You know what I mean? I may have to walk the track. Exactly. <laughs> talking to you us. Walk the line. Do what I got to do. <laughs> about, about image. Well, to, to hear your point is another little jewel. Take it back to screenwriting a little bit. You need five elements for a movie. Talking to feature writers. Script, director, cast, budget, schedule. Put it in any kind of order you want. If you don't have all five of those... <laughs> You don't have a movie. You don't have a film. You know, you have some ideas. You have a lot of hope and ambition, maybe. <laughs> but if you don't have those five things, yes. you, don't, you, don't, you don't have it. That's just point. the reality. Cool. Uh, uh, speaking of hope and dreams, to, to close us out, uh, I want to apologize to AMC TV. <laughs> Why? Oh, did you finally find out? Uh, <laughs> they finally announced... Uh, <laughs> that Into the Badlands mm-hmm. is coming back for a well, second season, no doubt. And uh, but they, they had me waiting so a long time. Like it, like it, it is all the things I remember from my seventies childhood. Mm-hmm. Kung Fu. It has all the stuff, all the women's mm-hmm. on the show, the love story, the Blazing couple. It has all the elements of just the stuff that I love. You know, <laughs> like it doesn't even matter if it's like deep level drop, just kick ass and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And uh, so AMC. Um, if I have said some things uh, that might have hurt, that have hurt, you just like tell me. That's okay, all. Okay, the private emails. Oh, you were to people's private houses now. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the slow drive-bys, <laughs> people's houses. <laughs> no, I'm excited because it's one of those shows that. I've been waiting and waiting, and why the hell y'all wait so long? I mean, my God's sake! They they just announced already that it's Outsiders is getting a second. Second season. Depend, we were talking about it depends on the show. There's just but different. It's good show, and the but network it's, and what else is on yeah. the slate. Well, maybe that's what it was. Sure, maybe they, they have, to have make other sure shows gonna lined fit. up. I know. Remember, every year, every network thinks they got another show that's going to be the biggest hit. So they wait for everything. At least tweet to me personally and say, Lisa, don't worry. That's all I'm asking for, AMC TV. Just say, Lisa. <laughs> you needed that little hole tight. We got you. No, because here's the thing. The whole yeah, because she can keep a secret. Yeah, right. just keep. I, there's only one other person I probably tell. That probably be Lauren. Hey, Lauren, I probably tell Lauren. You know, be like, girl, they brought it back because we were so happy. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's just it's, it's it's such a fun show, and like I said, it's one of those few shows where you get like, I mean, when I look at the cast and all the people of color, all the women who are doing. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just one of those shows that has all the elements that I really appreciate. Mm-hmm. So I'm just really happy. And in the future, when you do a season three, you know, don't don't leave me hanging because I was I was going to be hurt. Like, literally, I was going to shed real tears if they decided, <laughs> you know, the numbers aren't what we want it to be. We're not going to... Because you left us at a cliffhanger. You can't have a TV show with a permanent cliffhanger like that forever. I just thought about another show. That means should... MK is going to be in the chest locked up yeah, forever. Yeah, yeah. I just thought about another show we should talk about next time 
Which is? is um, the People versus OJ. <gasps> Have you seen it? Child. Dude, okay, let me just say good. it right now. Let Very me say well it right done. now. It's good. Uh, Sarah Paulson and Courtney B. Vance, Britta Winslow, Courtney Emmys. should be nominated. They need to get some he Emmys. Killing that role. And I actually, strangely... I didn't like John Travolta at first, but as I started figuring out the character he was playing, I was like, actually, he's doing okay with he that is, role. He is channeling he's playing Arnold Schwarzenegger I mean, um, and his um, look. Yeah. And just, you know, it's almost like he's, he's doing so well in that that I've, I've totally forgotten that it's John Travolta. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The only one I'm still not happy with is just me. Cuba. It's Cuba. <sighs> I mean, but maybe, we don't really care about why. Cuba. Here's we don't why. really care because we don't really care about the. Well, for me personally, I think. He, I mean, I think he's a fucking badass actor. I just knowing he's like five six, I just can't picture him being OJ. You know what I mean? And he doesn't look anything like OJ. Well, for the youngies that are the youngies, mm-hmm. <laughs> the the youngins who who weren't who don't know OJ and who weren't around when the shit went down mm-hmm. in the nineties. I don't think it really matters to them because they don't really it have an idea. He's just, I agree. he's just, he's just. We talked about this before yeah. on something else where he's just portraying. You mm-hmm. know, he's just showing us right. a glimpse of, right. you know, this is the character. But, and I think he's playing him fine. He's crying a little too much for me sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But I think he's playing it fine. The rest of the cast around him are. Oh my god! The dude it. who's playing Chris Darden. Killing it! Oh my god! But Courtney. That motherfucker is upstaging and, which, and what's so funny is when the shit went down in the 90s, like, I was at San Diego State. I was, like, working on a paper when the whole, the Bronco, ch- I missed all that. Like, mm-hmm. I missed all that shit in real time. Yeah, I, I didn't care about the case at all. Like, mm-hmm. I wasn't watching it. When they put it on the news everywhere, like, it changed reality TV mm-hmm. and courtroom TV. I didn't care. Like, I, like honestly, I was one of those people like, oh, I, don't get, I don't care about OJ. Mm-hmm. If he did it, okay. If he didn't do it. Whatever, <laughs> as they, as everybody said, OJ had been black since what 1972, the last Hertz commercial he did. You know, like first I'm concerned it's like yeah, whatever. It wasn't yeah. like yeah, it was a horrible thing. I'm always I'm always I don't like anything to do with domestic violence because oh, yeah, no, I lived no, through no, it. Definitely. So I really felt for the families. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I don't care. So when they said they were making the show, I'm like oh, I'm not even interested. But I thought you know what, fuck it, Courtney B. Vance and Sarah Paulson it's in it. Limit. Let me see. And plus, it's based on, it's not really about OJ per se. It's the court case. Yeah. It's everything around yeah. it. Yeah. Holy moly. You want to know how? It's like, Holy here's moly. how it happened. And they yeah, actually you know? had me almost getting teary eyed last week mm-hmm. when they had this whole sequence about uh, Marsha Clark's hair. Oh, yeah. And like, I felt uh-huh. so bad. Like, it, mm-hmm. I, you, you, you people's. She was obsessed. That. That's what I learned. I was like, well, I didn't realize. <sighs> How obsessed she was with this thing, you know, and just how they treated her with her kids, Mm -hmm. and just the court. Like I didn't know all the shit that was going on in her life. Mm -hmm. It's just a well done show, so I'm I'm impressed. I'm impressed. They better win Emmys. Well, we talked about it now. There you go. So, (laughs) y'all know how we do it on the rant room. So, where you at, Lisa Cold Jam? Uh, You can always find me on Saturday Night Sci Fi. On well, you know, I'm a Twitter junkie, and I'm I'm weaning myself. We're in rehab right (laughs) now. Uh, you can find me on Bitchflix, and and um, depending on when this airs, it'll probably be over. But I will be at Northwest Con in Seattle. Um, I'm actually leaving next week, so if you want to come, not next week, two weeks from now, you can come see me on a bunch of horror panels. I'm doing a reading, and I will be in Florida um, next week for IFCA, so the academic conference on people in the arts and the fantastic. So basically, hobnobbing with people who write about. People like me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. So just basically just getting around with a lot of smart people and mm-hmm. getting to hang up with a lot of my writer friends and basically being in Florida and drinking. 
And where you at? Where you at, Trey? I'm on Twitter at the real Trey T H E R E E L T R A Y. Tracy Grant on Facebook, holler at me, keep those tweets coming. Anybody at VH1, you can get at me. I would love to speak to you about a couple of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but big love to, to both of y'all. Let me co-host with the hostess mm-hmm. with the mostest. <laughs> and, yeah, keep yep. the tweets coming. I'm, I'm around. Not traveling. Mm-hmm. Might hit you up at happy hour. We can we can get together. <laughs> and again, Linnell and John Boyega get with the right team. <laughs> team Iron Man. I'm gonna try to get John on the show. I think I might know somebody who knows somebody who can knows who John who John Boyega. Don't even say that. You know when I work at because so, it might take will, us a year. I will cry. But I'm gonna get the motherfucker. He'll, 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 I will get cry. It done. I will bring in my doll for him to sign. Yeah. Matter of fact, I, and then if he don't change teams we can have that conversation he might be listening someone may have gotten the podcast to him you by now know. you never know i'm just saying get with the winning team john mm-hmm. get with the because i've been team. liking and retweeting a lot of things that he's been saying lately and he sees on my on my um what'd you call it on you know when you put your name and you have your little picture thing mm-hmm. on my picture you see my doc martens that have the british flag on them the union jack on them Mm -hmm. so he knows i'm down jack he's no he's 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 really good people i'm just really happy about his success Mm -hmm. but once again he need to get with the winning team and i'm going to be talking to paul Gio. shout out to paul paul big up you know because they're going to be shooting his new pilot with um david um oyo oyo i can never say his name oyo 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 some shit (laughs) <laughs> um, David, you. don't listen to him. <laughs> and he and will get it right. I just can't pronounce it right. That's all. Mm-hmm. But I have met him before, and I'm gonna be talking to him about getting him on the show. We It'd be interesting because he's show. doing a lot of interesting things, yes. and it's like very moving into producing. And, yeah, you know what I mean. So that's what's up for sure. Um, and I'm your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter at Hilliard Guest on Instagram. Same shit. You guys can follow the show, Screenwriters RR, um, on Twitter. You have any questions? Screenwriters Rant Room at gmail.com. <clears throat> Big shout out to all the countries. We love you guys. Please go on and give us a five star review on iTunes, stuff like that. Lisa, I need you to start putting your bitch, bitch flicks things on, on Facebook, on our Facebook page. We do have one, and I'm not putting enough stuff up there. I just put something up like okay, once I'm a week. I'm going to put a bunch of stuff so, on there then. <clears throat> we just need and to, I know I say that yeah. every week. But just put them all. Yeah. Just Lisa's them all. doing big things, so that's true. No, I'm yes. just, you know what it is? I'm just. Always, and by the time I do get like that moment to just sit, mm-hmm. I don't feel like doing nothing but curling up with my dog, <laughs> hanging out with Ragnar and, and Michonne, and you know, I'll tell you. the fam. Yeah, mm. and um, you know, so give us that five star review. We need that on iTunes and stuff like that. Um, we appreciate it. So everybody joining me, 2016. So on this show, we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, everybody? 2016. Peace, y'all. Ciao. Peace and love. Yeah. In the rain. We say what we say. We do what we feel. We got to keep it real. In the rain. All about the crap of screen writing. Fill my bottle up with lightning. Up in the rain. Before the stars can be paid, they got to be a dope ass let the beast about the cage that light about the dark can you build the inferno from the itty bitty spark coffee shop hustlers rise with the cream a million of the writers same hollywood dream your pen and paper all like bullets in the gun write what you feel say what you want in the red room we say what we
the red room. So look, if you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get in. Mm-hmm.